There's a lot of hype out there about how amazing the nomad lifestyle is. If you read enough blogs, you could be forgiven for assuming that working remotely consists of nothing but sunsets, cocktails, hammocks, and boat trips. But it's not always perfect. Hey there, listener. It's JD, and you're listening to the What's Your Story podcast. This week's storyteller, Brandon, sat down with me to talk about the challenges of the nomad lifestyle and how this life can be extremely difficult when it comes to emotional well-being and mental health. The nomad lifestyle comes with its own mental health pitfalls, which are quite different from those that someone who lives in one place might face. I know that this is something that not a lot of remote workers talk about, perhaps because of the stigma that surrounds it. So let's break past that and talk about what nomad life is really like and why it's not always easy. My name is Brandon. I currently live in Puerto Rico. Uh, I just started traveling and nomading as of the last four months. As I grew up, was born and raised in San Jose, California. Okay. Um, and basically lived in the San Francisco Bay Area for most of my life, basically until the last four months. Yeah. Um, what would be some, one thing that would be relevant is when I was in high school and uh, during most of my teens, I was pretty depressed and pessimistic about my whole outlook in life. And I ended up dropping out of college. And by the time I dropped out of college, I had actually uh, resigned to believing that I'm just going to live a mediocre life. Uh, so that's kind of where I think most of my, I think that's where my adulthood be began. Where it began. Um, <laughs> So maybe that's the intro. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's I mean, where I started. Yeah. fascinating and all together anyway. Because um, because I'm sure what your what your lifestyle is like now is has been dictated from that moment forward, really, right? I mean, yeah, this whole nomadic lifestyle. Um, I mean, I, I mean, you could start there, even just <laughs> share what that's like, um, or or walk backwards to, to what prompted you to to begin this path. Yeah, um, I guess in terms of why I'm why I'm here, 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 <laughs> and just life here is um, I recently got out of a relationship maybe like six months ago, and one interesting pattern in my life is that when I'm not in a relationship, a lot of interesting things and amazing things happen in my life, <laughs> uh, and. Yeah, basically when the pandemic started, I actually had already intended to travel a bit because I didn't see any clear reason why I was in San Francisco, which is just an extremely high cost of living area. Yeah. Um, if With everything going remote, it just didn't make sense anymore. And then a bunch of my friends over over the few years of the pandemic, everyone emigrated out. Uh, everyone went to New York or Boston, Austin, Miami, Denver, and Puerto All Rico. So. Um, <laughs> I'm here in Puerto Rico because, you know, I, the only reason why I, I ended up staying in San Francisco longer was because I met someone and uh, she wanted to stay in San Francisco. And so now I'm here. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I kind of, I've run my own company. So 
I don't really need to be anywhere specific. And yeah, so that's why I'm in Puerto Rico. It's、uh, the cost of living is much more friendly, and I also already have friends out here. So that's、yeah. kind of what led me to here. It's kind of refreshing, though, too. I can imagine that you kind of, I mean, not not even take away the freedom of like the fact that you have your own. You set your own rules, you know, as far、mm-hmm. as you, you know, business is concerned. But、yeah. the fact that you can kind of pick up and 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 go and 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 that's where your mindset is, because I feel like a lot of people want that, you know,、mm-hmm. or want to do that, and they're like, well, X Y Z, you know. In your case, like you mentioned, like you you were seeing someone, or it's like, oh, I have family, or I've been、yeah. here all my life. Yeah.、Um, how how do you get to a, a, a mindset where it's like, nope, I. All of that, like, doesn't matter. Like, I want to, I want to see what's out there and and see what's going on. Where, how do you get to that point? I mean, I think one layer that helped because I, I think I was somewhat in that boat that you had just mentioned. Where here are some reasons why I can't, which was my like my ex wanted to stay there, and the other reason was my mom. When I proposed the idea of me even traveling and moving anywhere, she flipped. Uh, she was not happy because I'm out of I'm the youngest of three、uh, three kids and I was the only one that was living somewhat close to her and she didn't really have that many other relatives around and、yeah. something that happened during the pandemic was my brother decided to move back into the Bay Area and as a result of that when I kind of floated the idea of, of moving somewhere my mom didn't bat an eye. <laughs> uh, because the grand, like my brother has grandkids and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I very much think I was in that boat, and my circumstances fortunately changed.、Uh, if that wasn't there, it probably would have just been a maybe more prolonged argument with my mom saying, like, "Hey, you know, I this is the life I want to live.、Uh, yeah. Let me do this."、Um, I think, but to try to get to the essence of your question,、um, I think. It was one integral part for me was taking time in my early twenties to really decide for myself what kind of life I wanted to live and what kind of values that I wanted to live by, and staying in tune with that.、Um, that's one. When you're more in tune with your own internal desires,、um, it becomes a lot easier to、uh, buck outside trends or expectations. Sure. And I think that's a dynamic that. Virtually every human is navigating to some extent, and yeah, I would agree. The, the people who have are more well versed in tuning into themselves and listening to what they are internally wanting、uh, probably have a better,、uh, easier time actually acting on that.、Um, yeah, and then that's that's one layer, and then the other layer is、uh, being okay with disappointing people and being okay that with. The stories that people will, stories and conclusions and assumptions they'll make about you and your character, based off of the life decisions that you're making. Yeah,、um, I think, it, at least for me, for a lot of my, I don't know, childhood, I was very averse to disappointing anyone, very averse to、uh, having people think that I'm a bad guy or like make poor assumptions about me. And I think the older that I'm getting, the less I Really care about that, or the less、yeah. I, or the more okay I am with people arriving to conclusions about me that simply are not true. But I, I've, I've let go of the need to correct them or, or try to cater to their、uh, opinion. Uh, 
because it's just I don't have the energy anymore. And yeah, and like why why do I need to convince them? Like, and I think that navigating that, I think those two layers are probably the the biggest. So the whole staying in tune with yourself and what your internal desires are, and then like being okay with stories, assumptions, and um, impressions that people and judgments that people have of you. If you can navigate yeah. those two well, I think you're well on your path to being much more comfortable navigating life on your own terms and in your own way. Do you, do you feel that that pressure, that weight of, of, you know, answering those questions, you know, of other people and the perceptions of people, was that weight put on you or, or did you put that on yourself or some combination of, of the two, do you think? Um, I mean, there's, there's some interesting research. There's this book called collective illusions that I read maybe a year ago that talks about how the, the f- being ostracized and like being part of the out group registers in your brain in a very similar way as like physical pain, it's yeah. like getting punched. And so to me that it makes so much sense with how like getting bullied or getting made fun of in, in school um, like how it force it creates so much conformity because like it, it hurts, it, yeah. it hurts emotionally, mentally, and uh, according to your brain, it actually feels so much of actually getting punched. Similar. Um, yeah. So I would say both, right? It, uh, yeah. But purely based off of our biology, it seems like it's something that is done externally to us, um, or it can be done externally to us, and I think. If, as a young person who doesn't necessarily have mental tools to separate and process and deal with the emotions that come up with ostracization or, or uh, being part of an outgroup, becomes a lot harder to find internal agency. So I would say it's a yes and of, yeah, I think there is some external force that created those expectations. And as a young person, I bought into it because I didn't yeah. know otherwise how to deal with it. I thought that was the only way to live. I didn't know there was another path of like, I could yeah. both feel this pain, process it, feel it and still continue in it. Um, yeah. I didn't know that that was an option until uh, I kind of just forced myself into it. Um, so Look, I would say it's yes. And yeah. Look, looking back then, you know, I mean, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I was for about 10 years, I was a middle school teacher. So like the, the <laughs> absolute worst time in your life. Um, cause everything is changing, you know, yeah. and the, the, the most authentic person will tell you that that's the worst part, part of your life. But yeah. nine times out of 10, we don't until much later on and they joke about it. Like, oh man, I hated middle school, you know, but yeah. I think for, it's, it's really for that fact right there that, you know, you, you've just figured out what, you know, emotions are truly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a better understanding of what they are in the sense that you can say, well, I just cried because I'm, I'm sad, you know, Mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily know how to navigate that. And then if it becomes, if it's even a stronger emotion or a stronger Mm -hmm. traumatic situation, that's when it becomes clear that, you know, those tools are not, not in your arsenal, you know, at all. Yeah. You know, looking back, you know, at at that time in your life, you know, because as you mentioned, as you're younger there, what, what do you wish you could wish you knew then? And, and what, what do you, where do you think it brought you to now as far as life events or, you know, the things that you are processing or processed? 
uh, what do I wish I knew in which context? Because there's a lot. Of <laughs> I wish I knew. As far as as far as navigating, like as you mentioned, you know the the things that you go through and and not mm-hmm. having the the understanding of it. You know oh, what yeah. what would be the biggest thing that you wish you knew to help kind of get you to the point that you are now in life. Um, the biggest thing that comes to mind is, man, like. I, I wish I was able to have the perspective that the situation I was in in middle school is actually very hard. And I, I used to coach teens, and I would tell, um, and a lot of them were in high school. I would basically tell them that high school is like the boss mode of life, and adulthood is easier. And a lot of them wouldn't believe me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I wish that somehow I would have been able to translate that understanding. Yeah. Into my middle school self of, dude, you're dealing with a low sense of self-efficacy. You don't have a very strong growth mindset. You、uh, you haven't figured out your kind of social standing,、uh, and you don't feel a lot of agency around that. And there's this thing with like having crushes on girls, and you don't know quite how to manage that. And you have all this like incredibly terrible negative self-talk that's like making everything worse. You're getting terrible sleep. Um, and like you're wasting, you're spending so much time gaming, reasonably so, because that's the only avenue you have for escape for、yeah. a, 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 le- a, a level in a game that is very hard for you. Yeah,、um, I, I wish I just had that perspective. That、yeah. hey, this is like legitimately hard, and if I as an adult were put in that situation, I think I would be similarly overwhelmed. Or stressed,、yeah. or anxious, and maybe default to similar coping mechanisms. Yeah,、um, I think just knowing that as a young person would have helped, like with the self-talk, and not beat myself up further for not doing as well as would want in all these domains of school relationships,、uh, romance, and relationship with my parents, grades, yada yada yada. Yeah. Do you feel like you're you're in some way like? Like still running away from that, you know, it, you know, having this lifestyle of of, you know, calling yourself a you know a, you know nomadic lifestyle, you know, in this、mm-hmm. case, like, do you feel、mm-hmm. there's some part of you that's still trying to get away from that without truly, you know, answering you know, all those questions that you know, and then feelings that need to be answered, or or now? So like, like, do you think I'm running away from the those experiences from, from, from back home? And yeah, you know, right, right. No, I, I don't think that's happening.、Um, I think, I mean, I've done a lot of personal growth,、uh, inner work, shadow work, however people call it,、yeah. um, over the years. So, I think I, I, I've had a tendency, certainly in my twenties,、uh, in parts of my twenties, where just being avoidant of certain things and aspects of my character were definitely prevalent. But at this point. If there's something that's coming up, I I'm often creating space to lean into it and unpacking it, and understanding and metabolizing it, and trying to gather gather the wisdom from why that has stuck into my life or why that's、yeah. a emotional sticking point or something.、Um, Nomading to me is just more of the financial aspect of my pursuits、uh, of. I, I want to get to the point where I can retire more quickly, and that's this is the one of the easiest ways that I know to to do that, which is just reducing the cost a little. I mean, that's fair. I mean, it's fair. <laughs>、yeah. 
I can just see yeah. how, you know, when, when people like see that term, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's certainly two points of that, right? That that's sure. it's the freedom, it's the ability to to start just, you know, being with yourself and and answering to yourself and not having those constrictions mm-hmm. and doesn't matter what happened, but but you could also see how, you know, people looking at it that go and where are you running from right you know like what are you mm-hmm. sure what are you doing why aren't you settled you know because sure. mm-hmm. the, you know the the idealized version of life is that you need to settle down find a home well all that kind of stuff you know and then, so it's sure. still no matter how yeah. many people are doing that i'm sure it's you know mm-hmm. way more t- twice as many people as as it ever was yeah. the perception yeah. is still there that oh well they're they just can't settle down they're running from something you know mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm. I definitely feel that. To me, that's one of those other externalized voices that you yeah, know, that's represented in often how my mom talks. Like, <laughs> when are you going to meet someone? When are you going to meet a nice yeah. Christian girl that you can start a family with? Um, and the cultural pressure of like most people starting to get married around my age and my friend group, settling into long term relationships, people starting to have kids. Um, so absolutely, um, I think. This just goes back to that thread previously, which is I've been pretty in tune with how I run my life. And my life has been has been unconventional since I was 19. Uh, so I'm now I'm now well over a decade into that process. So I very have very, very little qualms <laughs> around adding one other layer that is unconventional. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's I mean, that's you know, as you mentioned, it's like after high school and then that point in life where it's like, mm-hmm. it's like you've, you've prepared for that. And I, I mean, going back to, you know, just, you know, rewind to being a middle schooler, like yeah. that's what they don't tell you that this is the, this is, uh, I would agree. Like this is the hardest part of life all the way forward mm-hmm. and paying attention to the life skills that get taught mm-hmm. here in this mm-hmm. stage of your life makes mm-hmm. adulting. I don't know if I would go so far as easier, but more understandable yeah. and certainly more manageable, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. we just look at it as a tough period of life and, oh, you know, they had this childhood or this growing up or all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really pay attention to what we could be helping, you know, that, that, that mm-hmm. age group, that those, you know, people, you know, going through all that, what are they yeah. learning at that point? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I wish, I wish I could have looked at my middle school and high school experience were like all those struggles were imbued with so many lessons of life. Like I wish that was the case, but my experience was it was just treading water and I was just trying to survive because there were just so many things in my plate. I didn't really have space to reflect and integrate and digest. Well, what did it like, what did this experience teach me? I, yeah. I didn't really have any of those tools until early in my early mid twenties. And so yeah. it was only a lot of reflection after the fact That's where I feel yeah. like the, the learning kind of really happened. And maybe I, I guess I've characterized myself as a late bloomer in that sense where I didn't feel like I really started becoming a thinking individual until I left school and really standing on my two feet. So why do you, why do you think that is, or why why did you have what what causes the thoughts of like feeling like you're treading water? Because I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of us could go back and say like you know that's exactly mm-hmm. what I was doing, right? I mean, for whatever reason, whether that's you mm-hmm. know just the weight of just school in general that 
yeah what am i doing this for to you know life outside of that but you 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 specifically Mm -hmm. where do those feelings come from uh it was a mix of like not having a clear purpose as to what what school is for i mean i knew the answer that everyone else gave me which is like oh you're going to school to get good grades so that you can go to a good college so that you can get a job but that's that was all conceptual at the time i didn't have any grounded understanding of what that even meant Um, and so if you're not if if you're not bought into the end why it makes it very hard to engage with the current task at hand which was study hard Um, so because that was divorced for me I found it very hard to stay engaged in school but at the same time I had all this pressure from my parents and pressure from friends to do well so that's already a rock and a hard place with very like like polarizing incentives and pulls. Uh, on one hand, I have zero engagement. And then on the other hand, I have high expectations. Um, that combined with, uh, like I mentioned, being underslept. I was an athlete. <laughs> I, I don't know why I decided to do so many sports. Um, <laughs> I ended up probably doing six hours of sleep on a regular basis in high school. So I'm sure that did not help. Um, no. So it was a constant state of waking up tired, trying not to fall asleep in class, but falling asleep anyway, and then trying to like maintain a, some semblance of decent grades because I was expected to, but I didn't yeah. care to, and I just wanted I just wanted it all to stop. I yeah. just wanted space to breathe. So because of all those layers, I felt like more often than not, I was just doing the bare minimum to get by and just turn off my brain to look for some semblance of solace and rest yeah. before I had to do it all over again next week. And that was like all of high school. Yeah. And where do you get that solace, you know, at that point in life? Cause I mean, as adults, it's hard enough, right. To, mm-hmm. to figure out where you're, <laughs> where the pause mm-hmm. is coming. Yeah. Um, at, at least it's there. But when you're, when you're young, you know, you don't see that, you don't see that window at all because Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if we start back to, you know, before high school, I mean, parts of yeah. high school, you have a little bit of autonomy that, yeah, mm-hmm. I can hang out with my friends. But when you're younger, it's like, yeah, you're in, you're, your parents are in charge of, you know, your, yeah. most of your activities or being able to get yeah. somewhere or having an escape, you know, yeah. I mean, where do you find that solace at that stage in life? Right. I, I, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was like momentary blips of escape of, you know, after school sports and, you know, for a few hours, my brain wasn't thinking about how much, how terrible all the other aspects of my life were because I yeah. could just drop into the zone and be good at a thing. Cause I had done sports all my life. Yeah. Um, and then that was probably it. Sleep that and sleep. Those were the only two domains where, yeah. um, I felt some of that, but even then I had so much trouble falling asleep during those years. So sure. that didn't really help you there. <laughs> sure. Right. I mean, and that's what they say. I mean, about, you know, somebody that's going through depression or, you know, any, you know, high anxiety and things like that, like that's why you, you want to sleep. Cause you know, that's the only time your brain really shuts off, but at the same time mm-hmm. your brain doesn't want to shut off. And so you don't mm-hmm. get, you know, that solace, that, that sleep yeah. and it keeps circling yeah. back around. So then does that shape your mindset now to some degree? Like, do you feel that that looking for that solace, that, that, you know, sleep, you know, all those things, do you feel that y- yourself, you know, being dictated by that, mm-hmm. that 
you know, mindset back then mm-hmm. that like, I'm just searching for that moment to just, and process everything. Do you feel like that's kind of dictated where you stand today no. or, um, uh, do I think that's, that's a dictated person. <laughs> um, and not even consciously, I mean, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I think the moment I finished high school and went into college to me, that's, that was where the real autonomy began. That was the first time I felt like I could actually choose classes and then drop them if I didn't want to want, yeah. want to do them. And, and that's what I, what happened. I felt like that was not actually possible in middle school and high school. And like, if I didn't like the professor, I could just say I didn't like the professor and then change classes. Yeah. And I all of a sudden became way more motivated. Um, I actually did two years of school in, in college uh, in the span of a year because I had a lot more autonomy and I felt like it was, I had my own why was answered. Sure. Which was, I want to get these out of the way and I want to do some exploration and I want to answer my questions around like, what is this career? Like, what am I meant to do? What am I supposed to do? And I finally had freedom to tinker around with those questions without much restriction. And interestingly enough, like right when that happened, I could finally sleep. Like I I never, I never had problems sleeping again after that. Um, (laughs) And it was partially also the, um, the social circle reset. The moment that I went to community college, I was no longer in this bubble of people who knew me. So I had a lot more permission to just be myself or just be a nobody and not have any expectations to live up to. Um, So I think the combination of that, I actually feel like I did find that solace and I don't think I've ever really left that since because I don't know, all the circumstances of adulting and adulthood are very similar to that. Like you have a lot of choice um, as an adult. or a lot more than you did, than I feel like I did it than I was yeah. in middle school and high school. So, and I mean, those, like you said, I mean, those choices are yours now, and that mm-hmm. that can sound like it's such a huge weight and a huge responsibility. But if you've never been given that opportunity to make oh, yeah. your choices, it can feel absolutely freeing, right? That, like you said, I mean, just as simple as saying no, I don't want to to be in this class or that professor. That sounds mm-hmm. so simple and mm-hmm. meaningless, but. That, yeah. that's powerful for somebody that hasn't had that ability to, to do that ever. Yeah, and, and you're hitting at the other layer, which also was true for me at the same time, which was the having the, there's a book called The Paradox of Choice that talks about how when you have too many choices, it actually becomes overwhelming. And I, yeah. I remember feeling that as well. So I think both were true, where I felt this massive relief that, wow, I can do whatever I want. And, oh, shoot, all at the same time, why are there so many choices? And yeah. that was what also forced me to start thinking about, well, what do I want to optimize for? And like, like what are some filters that I can use to help me make decisions and uh, when there's so many choices to make um, yeah. and create my own internal sense of what my own internal right is yeah. rather than trying to, I don't know, just borrow another set of rules that or ideas of success that someone else has imposed on me. Yeah. So speaking of that, then what would you say is the, the advice or the, the guiding light that kind of keeps pushing you forward, you know, each and every day at this point, now that you're kind of free of those, you know, external choices and the choices are, are yours. What, what kind of guides your, your mind each day and your, your, your decisions? Um, so, I mean, something that I've done more and more in the last 
two, three years is having a mental log of things that that create emotional highs for me. Mm-hmm. Not not in the like not not in the like like uh like honeymoon phase of a relationship kind of high, but <laughs> like when I coach a student and they see a lot of breakthrough, I notice that I feel high on life after. Yeah. When I like build a spreadsheet to like gather some interesting data and like run some basic formulas to find an interesting conclusion about how society and humans work. There's something really fun about that. Yeah. Um, so like these are kind of obscure moments that happen throughout my day or maybe very infrequently, historically, maybe more infrequently. Um, and learning to notice those things and learning to unpack why it is that that's compelling and taking more time to see how you can design it more into your life. Yeah. That I think is driving most of my decision making right now, where how can I, um, when I have autonomy, how can I spend that autonomous time doing things that actually light me up and give me excitement, give me joy, um, as small as it might be. I think that, that has been the source of a lot of enjoyment for me. Um, at least as of the last few years. Thank you to Brandon for taking the time to share his story of what the life of being a nomad is really like and answering the questions we probably all wanted to ask if we're being honest. If you love hearing stories like these and want to get them in your ears sooner than later, Head over to our Patreon page where you'll receive episodes a week in advance, along with getting the opportunity to support the show. What's Your Story is produced by me, JD, with background piano music by Chad Lawson. These beautiful stories, though, they're all yours. So if you've got a story you want to share, you can do so by heading to fragilemoments.org slash tellyourstory. If there's something that Resonated with you in today's episode, tag at StorySharingPod on Twitter and Instagram as well now. As always, thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to hearing your story one day, because we all have within us a story to tell, a song, yet unsung. <laughs>